Um, there we go. Uh, on Anchor, hey, this is uh, Rich Sanford. Um, I'm starting a new podcast here, episode one. This is Rich the Architect. I'm going to do a podcast with um, related to architecture, what I do for uh, my day job, uh, but also I'm going to add um, some personal bits here and there as well. So um, I guess for the first episode, let me just do some um, intro. I got some notes here. So, um, well, the, the business I have is a Dauntless Design Collaborative. Um, it's an architecture firm. I'm located here in Williamstown, New Jersey. And I've started this firm in different forms and whatnot since uh, 2009. And um, it started off as uh, Sanford Architecture and Consulting. Then had to become Sanford Consulting for some licensing. Um, and then uh, eventually transferred to Sanford Architects. And after that, that and then I had the um, office in Pennsylvania. And back in 2014, I believe, I moved it over to New Jersey. And again, for some licensing uh, issues, uh, I had to change it to uh, Dauntless Design Collaborative. Now, the name Dauntless actually uh, pays homage to uh, my father-in-law, who passed back in uh, 2008 with melanoma. He uh, was an aeronautical engineer. Um, the, um, yes, to get back to uh, my father-in-law, he had a... Um, he was an aeronautical engineer, and he then uh, was um, retired and built ships in Bar Harbor, Maine at a shop, and he named it Dauntless Enterprises. So when he passed away, I asked my mother-in-law if I could name it after him, and uh, here we are, Dauntless Design Collaborative. Um, one of the things I wanted to do just uh, real quick with uh, the architecture firm is I had a meeting today, and I realized that I have a couple questions that are typically asked so what I'm going to do is just kind of go through that. Um, first off, the um, people always ask, well, what kind of buildings do you do? So we do um, residential. So I can do uh, a one-room addition or renovation, the uh, whole way to uh, new construction, multifamily uh, projects on the commercial side, tenant fit-outs, um, you know, um, new businesses, uh, etc. on there. I uh, do some hospitality work. I've done work with uh, casinos and hotels in the past. Um, it's really, uh, in some ways, a generalist. Um, give me one second. Sorry, I figured I'd turn off the music now. Um, but the uh, yes, the the work that. Uh, I've done um, with on the hospitality side with um, uh, the, uh, casinos and, and hotels. Um, I've been doing a, f- a little bit of that in the in the f- past couple years, and uh, looking to uh, try to get into that a little bit more. Um, outside of uh, just your your general architecture, I also do uh, building information modeling, which is essentially modeling um, buildings in the computer, um, and that can be utilized for visualization of the project uh, before it's being um, built or uh, and it can also be used in um, construction coordination. So we, we model, we essentially model or build the um, building in the computer prior to um, getting it built in, in the field. So it, it uh, actually helps with the uh, process 
of construction in terms of um, when you have different types of trades that are, are required in a building, like you have your mechanical duct work or you know, your structural framing or your electrical conduit, etc., those things can tend to um, be, um, you know, they need to be coordinated ahead of time. So we do that in the computer rather than, uh, you know, a couple guys or, or girls sitting out in a, um, on a job site somewhere trying to figure out how to uh, put something together. Um, so it, it's a time saver and a money saver as well. Um, so, um, the, um, and actually I, I will say that the, the building information modeling is probably about 50% of my business that I have. Uh, it's, uh, actually surprised me, you know, in business, you look at your numbers every once in a while. And last year I looked at my numbers and I really thought I was doing a lot more architecture and it ended up, uh, on the building information modeling side where I was, um, helping out other, uh, architects or interior designers or contractors, uh, was about, you know, 50% of my business. So, um, another thing I've added, uh, recently, um, this year is 3d scanning services where I have a 3d scanning, um, uh, camera that goes and, um, scans up a, a space and you can then virtually walk through the space. Uh, there's a few examples that I have of a, a few gyms that I've done, um, a ballet school that is actually my wife's ballet school. Um, the, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of, um, you can, uh, walk through once the uh, scanning is done, you can walk through on the computer, uh, into the space. So it's, it's a good marketing tool for anyone looking to bar- market their uh, brick and mortar business. Um, and it's and also that three D scanning can be used in documentation and uh, different um, uh, construction coordination and design um, coordination uh, for the you know the architecture projects um, that I'm uh, that I work on. Um, a typical process with um, the uh, architecture uh, project is if if you were coming to me with a with a uh, project. I would, uh, you know, we would sit down and basically I'd be like, hey, what's going on? Um, you know, what do you need? And, uh, you know, so if it's for a house, actually I have a, a meeting tomorrow f- uh, for um, a couple where the, um, you know, they'll be like, hey, we want to have an addition on our house. We want to add a bedroom. We want to do something with our kitchen, uh, you know, add a bathroom, you know, whatever it may be. We'll first sit down for that. So then once I know what you want to do, then we'll start going through, um you know what types of approvals you'll need. Um, it's actually actually the feasibility if if it even can be done, and uh, you know review. So we'll end up reviewing uh, building codes, uh, land use codes, etc., uh, to then figure out. Um, you know if you want an addition on your house, the uh, there's a side yard, front yard, and rear yard setbacks that you have to follow. You know if you wanted a a certain size uh, addition to your house, it might end up that the uh, size of the um, addition that you want is going to violate those setbacks. So um, there's a discussion that would need to be had there in terms of, um, hey, you know, we can't build this far, or you can get um, variances, which are uh, special approvals uh, that the that you know the town or the city can grant you. Um, it's a longer process, but um, you know we have discussions of like, well, do you want to go for a variance if you really want this, or do you want to try to do this what they call buy right? And um, you know, proceed in that way. So once we have those down, a list the uh, the you know the approvals that you need. You know, you're going to need a land use approval for an addition or new construction. 
Um, you know, and then eventually you're going to need a building permit approval. And if you're, you know, doing an extensive renovation or, or uh, new construction, you know, you're going to need a mechanical permit, electrical permit. You're going to need all those trades and those permits as well. So I like to, um, when I first meet with clients, to put that all out on the table at first um, because, you know, I try to try to prevent any surprises down the road. Uh, I've, I've had meetings with uh, new clients where they are like, oh, you know, I didn't know it was going to be this much. Well, it's going to be this much. So I've lost jobs because of that, but it, it's I'd rather put that all out there as a as a, a professional. I'd rather put that out there right away and um, you know tell them like, hey, this this is what needs to happen. And um, rather than you know, oh, not tell them, and you know maybe not even have it in the price, but then later on be like, oh, well, actually you need to do this, so it's going to be X dollars amount you know later. You know if I tell somebody. You know, a, a typical residential sale might be somewhere between five to ten thousand dollars for uh, an architectural fee, um, or even more. Um, you know, so if I said, "Oh, it's going to be three thousand dollars," and but then you know, knowing that there's going to be these possible approvals down the road, and you know, you know, nobody's nobody if they think they got to pay, you know, ten thousand dollars, but then later on, I'm like, "Oh, well, here's another five. You know, they're not gonna. It's not going to be. Uh, well received, and I've lived through a couple of those uh, experiences um, before. So, you know, what once the uh, process does start, um, you know, we go through the approvals, we get the permits. Um, I then um, I, I could be a, or, or an architect, sorry, can be um, the voice for a homeowner or a building owner or or, or business owner. In the construction process, you're basically a safeguard with from the um, not the architects, sorry, the, um, from the contractors. So um, could be on the on the um, site and do a lot of the coordination work with the um, with the contractors, and um, you know, uh, you know, help you out. You know, some people don't even hire me for for the construction phase. Um, you know, it, it's always a uh, you know, it's a cost savings, or they think they can do it themselves. Um, but you know, and, and in some cases, you know, there, that's fine. You know, works out well. And in, in other cases, it's, uh, it ends up becoming disastrous. I mean, I had a, a project, uh, for a, a client where I had to spend essentially, and I did not charge this client, but the time that I had to spend to fix things was about $40,000 worth of fee, which simply put was 400 man hours of my own time that I did not get paid for. Um, to try to fix things that the um, the homeowner thought that they could do themselves, then were upset that things did not work out the way they did, the way they were going to work, you know, working out, and um, to try to kind of smooth that over. Um, it's uh, you know, it it was a lot of hours just to fix that. Um, that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, it's actually a pretty good story, but um, uh, you know. And then fi- finally, in this process, um, you know, even after the fact, you know, it's it's coming back to some of my existing clients and uh, or uh, you know a client that I have that you know when it's when it's done, and um, you know seeing seeing how everything works, you know, and there's a there's a lot of instances over the years. I mean, I've almost been in business for about ten years now, where I have um, existing clients who are still coming back to me. You know, clients that hired me back in two thousand nine when I started, you know, they're still hiring me for jobs. So, um, and, and recommending me to, um, to other people as well. The, um, 
uh, yeah, that was the the other thing about that was uh, you know that I that I have found that is most of the projects that I get are through people that I know. Um, they're not uh, you know I you know I do some marketing. I'm help. This is something I'm doing now where I'm trying to to help with the the marketing and the brand, and um, you know I'm just putting myself out there to um, you know just try to uh, you know try to reach out there see what happens. So um, so that's pretty much it. I want you know or in terms of the uh, the business side, um, I do want to keep this um, you know kind of short segments, not too long term, um, you know for uh, for the time being. Uh, just uh you know you know we talked about the business origin a little bit of uh, uh you know actually not too much in the business origin but a little bit more about the the business process that I have etc um but the on the personal side um I'm originally actually from um Harrisburg Pennsylvania um you know my um uh what was I going to say I forget I was from Harrisburg Pennsylvania uh two sisters and um we um our parents got divorced when I was nine or ten, and uh, moved around a little bit, but still, still in the Harrisburg. I mean, I think I went to what four or five, one, two, three, four different elementary schools. Um, you know, from uh, from the parents' divorce, or it just simply like you know, we lived with my mom and we moved from a, an apartment to a house. Um, but when we were in the apartment, we were in elementary school that only had went to fourth grades. So we had to go to you know fifth and sixth grade, were a different one. Um, so, uh, did a little bit of moving around there. Um, I would say that, you know, growing up, it was a per- pretty typical kind of suburban or, or, you know, um, growing up, you know, played baseball and ice hockey and was a drummer in the band and I was the uh, drum major my senior year. Um, you know, um, I mean, we were a little bit of in a, in a rural area as well. My grandparents had a little farm after they, uh, retired, had some chickens and whatnot, you know, a nice lake and stuff we'd go to on the weekends. Um, but, uh, you know, nothing, uh, nothing, uh, you know, out of the ordinary. Um, once I, uh, graduated from high school, uh, I moved to Philadelphia for college and, uh, you know, for, for architecture and, um, pretty much stayed there, um, you know, in college. And then, you know, ever since, um, we're, uh, you know, probably lived in Philadelphia for about five, yeah, five or six years. Uh, met my wife after college in Philly, and um, then in 2004 we moved over to, to uh, New Jersey, started a family, and uh, now we have uh, you know we've got three kids, and uh, you know we're at, we live here in uh, Williamstown as well, um, and and kind of full circle with my grandparents' farm. We have like a a good uh, eight and a half acres of um, you know farmland out here in Williamstown. Like my grandparents, I got chickens too. Um, I will say it's probably, uh, um, I'm a little obsessed with chickens. Uh, I got, I think at least 30 now and, uh, always growing that a little bit, but you know, um, it's, uh, every morning I wake up and I, uh, I go out and, um, you know, clean out the chickens, do all this farm work. I literally am, uh, dealing with chicken shit every morning and then, um, you know, then I get ready for work and I come in here to the office and, you know, I do my stuff in the day and, uh, you know, run, run the kids around at night, all that, all that different, um, you know, typical parenting stuff. Um, uh, you know, outside of, I mean, that's just kind of like, you know, where I live and stuff like that. Um, outside of that, um, 
you know, I've always had an interest in uh, music. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I play the drums in a high school band. Um, but, uh, you know, love hip-hop music, still do. I mean, I was playing Wu-Tang earlier. It's like, um, you know, it's uh, always been a part of me. Um, when, you know, I have big interest in, in uh, or big interest. I've always just messed around with beatboxing. Um, I've had some fun with that in the, in the, in my younger years, whether it was, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, in the, in the cafeteria or the corner or, or whatever with friends, uh, you know, beatboxing, freestyle sessions, um, or, uh, just, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, playing open mics or stuff, uh, you know, even, even with some, some, you know, musicians got to, got to play at some pretty cool places over the, um, you know, a couple of times got to play in a house of blues in Boston, played the electric factory at, um, not my own show, but, um, you know, with, uh, some other musicians and, um, you know, so always had that always, uh, you know, you know, my son plays drums now, so it's kind of cool to kind of share that with him a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, outside of the music, I also, um, you know, got into some martial arts um, years back. Again, it was my son wanted to do it when he was five. This was about uh, 2010. Um, signed him up for a martial arts class. And then, um, you know, two weeks later, signed up myself. And, you know, at this point, you know, still still kind of do it. Um, you know, I even like, you know, last night I, I, I was uh, teaching a, a Muay Thai, a kickboxing class, um, at the, the uh, gym, uh, kind of, you know, take classes with and work, work out or whatever. So, um, you know, still do that to kind of, uh, you know, keep busy, keep young, keep active. Um, you know, and, um, you know, outside of that, it's, uh, you know, uh, I've mentioned the farm, you know, outside of the chickens, you know, always dealing with like firewood, uh, cutting firewood and doing gardening. Uh, we have bees as well. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, keep, keep yourselves busy. Um, I will say in the future, um, one thing going back to the music is, uh, I'm looking into, uh, potentially do some, uh, you know, maybe get some turntables and, and mess with that. Uh, I've had a lot of, uh, times I'll listen to music. It's kind of with the beatbox and, uh, I, um, I'll uh, sometimes uh, hear a song like, uh, if you know Shimmy Shimmy Ya from ODB, uh, going back to Wu-Tang again, the other day I was listening to it and I was like, wait a second, is that the Imperial March theme from Star Wars? And I'd like go through a rabbit hole and start looking at that and it's like, oh, you can mix those songs together and different things like that. And even recently, um, you know, again with Wu-Tang, uh, I'm like, you know, if, if you ever anybody's watched the old uh, or the recent episode of Westworld, where um you know they're they're obviously playing um uh you know music of uh you know in the the shogun world uh you know they're playing music kind of like wu-tang and whatnot and uh you know i'm like is that a wu-tang song is that wu-tang and of course there is a scene that scene near the end of that episode where they actually do a, a remake of one of wu-tang's songs so um that's um yeah that's pretty much it. I probably just went through it. Plus, my thumb is killing me. I don't think this anchor thing is going to be what I'm going to keep on doing because I have to hold the button down the whole time. So uh, uh, I'm getting a little cramped up here. So um, that's it for now. And um, I'll work this out and, uh, you know, come back with some more um, episodes. And uh, if, uh, you know, right now I do like a q and I see some people have been getting on and getting off. Um, but, uh you know, if you have like, um, you know, any questions, you know, feel free to put them on there. I'll, I'll, uh, or any ideas, you know, if you, you 
spend the 20 minutes, whatever it was, listening to this. Hey, appreciate that. And, um, you know, you know, any ideas you think, you know, like, hey, Rich, look in the camera or, you know, maybe you shouldn't wear a blue shirt or, or whatever it is, you know, just uh, throw it out there. And, um, yeah, that's about it. And uh, I'll uh, I'll see you soon. It's starting to ramble. So, all right. We'll see you. Bye. What's up, Gannon? Oh, I guess I got to hit this down here. There we go. So real quick, uh, just to end this uh, episode, the um, the music you were hearing in the background for a period of that was uh, by the El Michael Affair, and um, the um, I'm gonna play a song uh, Shadow Boxing from one of their uh, albums. I believe it's called Return to the Chamber, and uh, it's really cool. They're actually uh, they do instrumentals of um, some of the instrumentals they've uh, tracks they have are from. Uh, they have two two albums where they do uh, Wu Tang uh, instrumentals. I, I mentioned I'm in a bit of a Wu Tang kick today, so um, that's why I was playing that. And um, they even have a there's on Spotify. There's another uh, uh, Isaac Hayes album, you know. So Shaft and and uh, you know all the other great songs by uh, Isaac Hayes are, are on there as uh, instrumental versions. They did too, so uh, check them out. And uh, here is a uh, their uh their shadow boxing track <laughs> 